Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Well, good morning. You may be seated today. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Pastor Madison, for leading us in communion. I love that when together we can participate together in communion. Well, again, this coming week, you don't want to miss VBS. Make sure that you get signed up. And I just want to let you know that Eric and I are so excited about something we've never done this ever before in our entire lives. And here's the deal. We're going to take an extended vacation. And so I just want you to know that over the next few weeks, there are some incredible things lined up and in store for you. We've lined up some phenomenal speakers. And this coming Sunday is Father's Day. So kids, I just spared you. Wives, you already know that it's Father's Day this Sunday. It's the dads that really need the warning about Mother's Day. And here's what we're doing. For everyone who shows up, did I say something wrong or are you just right? Are you agreeing with me? You're agreeing with me. Perfect. Normally, Erica's my filter right here. She'll sit on the front row and she'll tell me if I messed up. So, um, so next Sunday, for everyone who shows up, you'll be receiving a $5 for Queens gift card. And so you'll be able to take your entire family after church for some ice cream. They've worked a deal with us, and so really appreciate uh, their willingness to do that. And we just thought this year, Pastor Dan and I were talking, and he said, what if we just did something for everyone, whereas a family they could go rather than just giving the dad something? And I said, I love it. And last year we missed Father's Day, and so what a great opportunity this year to just double back and say, as a family, be blessed on Father's Day. So great things ahead. would encourage you not to miss uh, any of that. The other thing I just want to point out before I dive into the message is this. I want you to just look around. There are so many new people in our church. And so let's give God praise for that, number one. But secondly, what I want to do is encourage you today to look around and see somebody that you've never met. And when we dismiss today, walk up to them. And so if you're brand new here at our church, I would encourage you to have the courage to walk up to somebody and introduce yourself to them. And if you're a regular attender, find somebody that you don't recognize today, introduce yourself to them, and and welcome them to the church. Will you do that with me? Oh, that was amazing. Oh, that was incredible. I'm so glad that uh, that you're going to do that. Over the past couple of weeks, we have been in a series in the book of Joshua, and I must confess to you that Memorial Day weekend, I had no idea what I was going to preach leading up to Memorial Day weekend. I had wrapped up a series, and I thought, God, what direction do you want me to go? And I didn't have any of these three weeks specifically lined out. Normally, I like to put together a preaching calendar and just uh, go off of that and see the series that God would lead us through. And I'm just telling you that for these three weeks, I had no idea what I was going to do. And I agonized and I wrestled over it. And God took me to the book of Joshua. And on Memorial Day, we talked about memorials. And then last week, we continued through this. And I'm just telling you, even in my spirit, God is speaking to me through this book. And so I hope that for you, that uh, not only is he speaking to me, but he's also speaking to you and that you're getting something out of this. In Joshua chapter 1, we see that Joshua is commissioned to lead the Israelites into the promised land. In Joshua chapter 3, they miraculously cross over the Jordan River on dry ground. God parts it. And then after that, they erect a memorial to commemorate what God did in Joshua chapter 4. In fact, it says that 
when your children look at these stones, here's what you should tell them. You should tell them that on this day in history, this is what the mighty God, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords did for you and for your family and miraculously parted the water. So the first week in the series, we looked at memorials. Last week, we looked at what happened in Joshua chapter 5 immediately after the miracle. And in Joshua chapter 6, we saw the walls of Jericho come crashing down, and we recognize that there is nothing impossible or beyond imagination when we walk in the power and the presence of God. There is nothing impossible or beyond imagination when we walk in the power and the presence of God. As we look at the Israelites' history, no matter how many miracles God did, and no matter how many memorials that were built, they had a propensity to revert back to their disobedience. It's so sad. It's incredibly sad to look at their, at their story. And as a heart of the Father, it has to be absolutely devastating. God lavished his love and his blessing and his favor on them, and continually they turned their back on him in disobedience. Last week we talked about what happened immediately after the miracle of the Jordan River crossing. All the men were circumcised. It was a really, really, really bad, horrible, painful day for those men. And all of this could have been avoided if they would have walked in obedience to God. The very fact that they wandered in the desert for 40 years is because of their disobedience. The reason why they had all of the people circumcised on that day is because they didn't continue to do along the way what God had commanded them to do. And had they had their babies circumcised, the baby boys circumcised on the eighth day, then that day would have never had to happen. In Joshua chapter 6, we see God perform another miracle. We see the Israelites march around the walls of Jericho, and on the seventh day, they marched seven times, the priests blew their horns, the Israelites let out a shout, and the walls came crumbling down. And I've heard people say things to me like this, well, if I could have only lived in the Bible days, then I could have faith to believe in God. If I could have only seen those miracles that happened then, or if I could have only walked in the days when Jesus lived and saw the miracles that he performed, then I would have no problem having faith to believe in him. And can I just tell you that that is one of the biggest lies of the enemy and a cop-out. Because even as we read the Bible, there are people who are in close proximity to the miracles that God performed. We can look at the Israelites and see them continually turn their back on God, even in the midst of the miracles. And it's a great example for us to not be like the Israelites. They witnessed the plagues of Egypt. They were freed and then pursued by the Egyptian army, and they should have been overpowered and killed. What an emotional roller coaster for the Israelites. And they come to, this, uh, to the Red Sea and nowhere to go, and they see their pursuers, the Egyptian army, coming after them, and they should be overtaken, but instead Moses stretches out his staff and the Red Sea parts. This week in my Facebook newsfeed, there was something joyful. Uh, <laughs> there was a far side cartoon, and there was a guy on a diving board. And he says, I'm not jumping in until Moses leaves. <laughs> For those of you who are like, what does that mean? Well, he parted the Red Sea. The man's afraid he's going to part the swimming pool. So he's like, that man's, he's got to leave. God miraculously parts the, the Red Sea. They walk across on dry ground, and then the Egyptian army is wiped out as the waters come back in. And so how does that moment not change you forever? How do you witness the protection, the provision, the being set free from that, and then watch what happens to the enemies and not be changed forever? How could you ever doubt or rebel when you just witnessed it? 
How could you ever worship any other God after that? How could you ever question the power of the Almighty God? But that's what the Israelites did. The book of Numbers tells us that that they send out 12 spies that were sent out by Moses to survey the land of Canaan. And when these 12 spies came back, 10 gave a report that the armies are too big, that the people are too big, and that God is too small. And so we shouldn't go into that land. There were two people, Joshua and Caleb, who had a different report. These ten men came back, and the Israelites had belief and trust in God, but these ten spies put water on their fire. And they came back with a report that they would all die if they tried to do what God told them to do. And the Israelites were so dramatic. So it just... Uh, they said, why is God bringing us to this place to fall by the sword? And it says, let's pick a leader and go back to Egypt where we were enslaved. So here they've seen the miraculous power of God. They send out 12 spies. Two of them give a different report. Ten of them in their report in, in different words say God's too small. They're too powerful. And the people believe the report of the ten, and they start begging, hey, let's just go back to slavery over here rather than die by the sword. And in Numbers chapter 14, verse number 11, there are a number of verses that we're going to look at today. I would encourage you to write them down. You can go back and read them more uh, later this week. In Numbers chapter 14, verse number 11, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people despise me, and how long will they not believe in me, in spite of all of the signs that I have done among them. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. We ask that over the next few moments that we would sense a demonstration of your spirit's power. Would you make your word come alive to us? In Jesus' name, amen. We see in this passage that God is fed up with the Israelites, and somehow Moses has been given a tremendous amount of grace in the season to lead these obstinate people. And Moses pleads to God not to wipe them off of the face of the earth. And so in Numbers chapter 14, verse number 20, here's how God responds to Moses' cry. The Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not obeyed my voice shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers. And none of those who despised me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. This was the moment where because of their disbelief, they're told that they wouldn't make it into the promised land. God says, I've shown you my glory and you continue to put me to test and enough is enough. And because of your disbelief and your disobedience, they, because of their disbelief and disobedience, they would not make it into the promised land. The only two spies that had a different account were Joshua and Caleb. And so uh, I love what it says in verse number 24. It says, Caleb has a different spirit and has followed God fully. How many want that spirit? I want that spirit. I want a church filled with people who have the spirit that no matter what comes our way, God is going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. No matter what size our problem, that we won't forget the size of our God, that no matter how bad the world gets, that we would take heart in Jesus's words in John chapter 16, verse number 33, that he has overcome the world. No matter how 
no matter what culture throws our way or what levels of disbelief exist, that we will hold fast to the power and the presence of God. No matter what, no matter what, no matter what, we will choose this day to follow God. And so the Israelites saw great and mighty things from God, yet they continued to look back and fall back. And in Joshua chapter 1, verse number 7, God gives Joshua some instructions. He says, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God tells Joshua to not look to the right or to the left. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And he says, be careful to do what it says. And when you do what it says, God says that you will be prosperous and have good success. And what we see with the people of Israel is this, is that blessings follow obedience. Blessings follow obedience. When they're walking in in obedience to God, they experience his blessing, which is what God actually told them they would experience. They receive his supernatural deliverance, provision, protection, And when they turn from him and they walk in disobedience, then they receive punishment or destruction. Last week, we talked about how an entire generation had to die off before they could go into the promised land. I can't imagine being that person that someone's waiting on to die to go into the promised land. Right? I even think about our lives. Are our lives keeping somebody from entering into the promised land? Is the way that we're living keeping someone from following Jesus After all that the Israelites had seen and done, the miracles and everything, they still turned to disbelief. They listened to the majority of the faithless spies and they lived the rest of their lives wandering because they chose to listen to the voice of popular opinion rather than listening to what God says. What a warning for all of us. As we consider all that's going on around us, that we wouldn't get sucked into so-called popular opinion and that we would hold fast to biblical convictions and the word of God. God's blessing will not follow those who call good evil and evil good. And so no matter what our faith, we we should remain bold and courageous and our beliefs and behaviors would be that which is obedient to God. And so in Joshua chapter 6, the combination of Israel's obedience and God's power is what led to the victory at Jericho. It was because of their obedience that they had the blessings of God and Jericho was miraculously defeated. And so they experienced this incredible moment of victory, but this moment of victory was quickly followed by a moment of defeat. Do you see the cycle? It's a crazy cycle. So with obedience comes blessings, but with disobedience comes destruction. And we've got to look at both sides. And I'll just tell you, last week I talked about how uh, when we walk in the power and the presence of God, there is nothing impossible or beyond imagination. And so some of you might be like, rah, rah, that's amazing. Yes, preach more like that. But I just tell you, like when we turn the page, we see a different story. We see the instructions in Joshua 1, verse number 7, to not look to the left or look to the right. And then we see the miraculous provision and deliverance that God does for the Israelites. And immediately after the walls of Jericho fall, somebody does something stupid. 
And Joshua chapter 7 should be equally inspiring to us as Joshua chapter 6. So some of you are naturally wired to please God because you don't want to let him down. And there are others of you who are wired to please God because you don't want to face the consequence of not following God. The sad part with the people of Israel is they had seen the mighty hand of God. They saw what happened to the Egyptians. They experienced the discipline or the consequences of not obeying God along the way. And all of that still wasn't enough for them to choose obedience. It's crazy. And in James chapter 1, verse number 22, we're told not to just be hearers of the word, but to also be doers. So last week we looked at Joshua chapter 6, and there were some instructions given in Joshua chapter 6, verse number 18, of what they should do after the city of Jericho was taken. It's going to appear on the screen here. It says, but you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. These are pretty clear instructions. And God gives us instructions, very clear instructions in his word, the Bible. And in addition to that, he gives us a free will to choose what we want to do. And so I'll just tell you that as we see in these passages, and I'm sure as you've seen in your own life, that obedience brings blessing and disobedience brings destruction. And so what happened in Joshua chapter 7, right after the walls of Jericho came crumbling down, this miracle happened there was this man named Achan that did exactly what God told him not to do. And so in Joshua chapter 7, verse number 1, again, just think of the context. We've gone, gone through it, but verse number 1, but the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. For Achan took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. The next place that you'll read about for them to conquer in Joshua chapter 7 is this place called Ai. And the spies go and they look at that place and they say, we don't need the full army. Let's let the army have some rest. Let's just take a few. And after all of the, the success that they experienced of Jericho, of course their confidence was through the roof. And so you could liken this to a team who's watched the film of another team who is not very good. And so they start the JV to play against them and quickly are defeated because they underestimated the opponent. And that's what happened with the Israelites. The battle of Jericho wasn't easy because of their power and might. The battle of Jericho was easy because they had the blessings of God on them. And it was God who fought their battles. And so uh, they went up against Jericho with the power and the blessing of God. And when we have the power and the blessing of God, there is nothing impossible or beyond imagination. And so they go up against this much smaller opponent in Ai, And they go without the power and the blessing of God. And that day, 36 men lost their lives and they retreated in front of this army. How could this have happened? Joshua is distraught. He asked God, how could this happen? And he says to God, if word gets out that we retreated from this army, then all of the armies around us will come and take us out and will wipe off your name, God, off of the face of the earth. And God speaks to Joshua, and he tells Joshua what's happened in Joshua chapter 7, verse number 10. He says to Joshua, get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. 
They have taken some of the devoted things they have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. Catch that line. They have become devoted for destruction. God says, I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up, consecrate the people, and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, there are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by your tribes. And the tribe that the Lord takes by lot shall come near by clans. And the clan that the Lord takes shall come near by households. And the households that the Lord takes shall come near man by man. And he who is taken with the devoted things shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done an outrageous thing in Israel. God tells Joshua that the reason why they're while they were defeated, was because they had taken devoted things. And verse number 12 says that the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. Their choice to choose disobedience became a choice for destruction. Blessings follow obedience. Blessings follow obedience, and destruction follows disobedience. Achan did what was right in his own eyes. After all he had seen from God and experienced, he made a decision in a moment that cost him everything, including his life. And in verse number 20, it says, Achan answered Joshua, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them. And see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent, with the silver underneath. Think about this for a moment. Achan would have experienced the supernatural provision of God when they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Every day, God miraculously provided food for the Israelites. And for Achan, it wasn't enough. He wanted more. And rather than trust God for, for provision and be obedient to what God had told him to do, he took things into his own hands by stealing what was meant for God. And I think there are a couple of practical applications for us that impact current believers just on this portion of Scripture. And one is this, that we know about first fruits. We talk about it every single week. About 10% of our income belongs to God. And I say each week when I take up the offering, thank you for your faithfulness with tithes and for your generosity with kingdom builders. When you tithe, you bring 10% of your income back to God and you trust God to to bless you and to, uh, and to work, help you live off of the 90% that's blessed. Blessing follows obedience and destruction follows disobedience. The other thing is this, the board and staff and I just got through reading a book by Robert Morris called Take the Day Off. It's about the Sabbath. And I think as a culture, we almost take pride in and celebrate those who never take a Sabbath. But when we walk in obedience to God to observe the Sabbath, then we trust God to help us get all that we need to get done, done in six days. And blessings follow obedience, and destruction follows disobedience. And I have this sneaky suspicion that Achan probably thought that no one would ever know that he stole what he stole. But he stole from God, and he brought destruction upon him and his family. And there's so much in these passages that should serve as a warning, but one is this, that this, the 
The ten spies' lack of faith in the report that they gave led to a disbelief of a nation in their subsequent wandering for 40 years. Their decision set off a negative chain reaction. Can I just tell you that the things that we say, the way that we respond matters, and the next generation is watching. As I bring this message to a close, I want to encourage you towards two things. The first is as you look at what's going on in front of you and what's ahead, that you would have a different spirit like Caleb had. I want to have the kind of spirit like Joshua and Caleb that says, God, give me this mountain. There's no obstacle too big for you. I want to have a spirit of faith and of power. I just have to share something with you that happened this week. There were uh, the staff and the board went to a conference on Monday and Tuesday in Minnesota. And Monday night, there was just, just generic prayer from the stage over people in the congregation. And, uh, and I'll just tell you that every day for at least the past year, if not longer, I have had specific pain in a specific part of my back. Every single day when I've rolled over in bed, there has been this excruciating pain in my lower back and hip. And it got to the point where last Friday, I finally went for an MRI. And I got the results of the MRI, and there's some stuff going on in my final vertebrae and into the tailbone that explained why, I'm ex- why I've been experiencing the pain that I'm experiencing. And I'll just tell you, every single day of my life, for at least the last year, I've experienced this pain. My wife will watch as I roll out of bed in the mornings and my back spazzes so much that I can't even stand up straight and I walk like this going into our bathroom. Like she's standing right here on the stage. I'm not making it up. Like this is a specific piece of pain that every day of my life for the last year has been giving me pain. And so in this conference, this non-hyped up moment, there was an opportunity at the end of the worship where they just prayed for those who were there. And I'll just tell you that Tuesday morning for the first time in over a year, I rolled out of the bed in the hotel and I didn't experience pain in my back. And for this entire week, there's not been that pain, that pain that's been there. And I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's tripping me out. Because in full transparency, I'm still experiencing some numbness. I'm still experiencing some symptoms, but I'm not experiencing the pain. And so I'll just tell you, I don't know what God is up to. I don't know what he's done, but I will tell you that for every day, for over a year, I experienced pain. And for the last six days, I've not experienced that pain. And so I'll say, God, thank you. Thank you. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dig in even deeper. I'm going to say, God, if you can do that, then you can do the other. And so I'm going to keep praying and keep believing that he'll do that. And so here's what I know this morning is that there are some of you in this room who emotionally, physically, and spiritually have been living in pain for so long you don't even remember what it was like to be healthy. I didn't know I could have a different experience. This morning I believe that God is wanting to do a work. He's wanting to deliver you from your pain. For the last two weeks, faith has been building as we've looked at these passages. And I pray that today you would have a Caleb spirit, that you wouldn't accept the physical pain, the spiritual pain, or the numbness, or the emotional pain or numbness, but that today you would look to a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever dream, ask, or imagine.
Secondly, as we look at the story of Achan, there are some of you here today or watching online who are living in sin. And maybe for some of you, you don't think that anybody else knows about what you're doing and that you're hiding it. Or maybe there are others of you who are just outright living in defiance to God. And I just want to remind you that his blessings will not follow disobedience. But we serve a miracle-working, redemptive God who desires redemption, not destruction. We serve a miracle-working, redemptive God who desires redemption, not destruction. He desires freedom, not bondage. And today, God's going to set some of you free. In Joshua chapter 8, after Achan's sin is dealt with and God's blessing is restored again to the Israelites and they go and defeat the very people that had just defeated them. And God reminds the Israelites in Joshua chapter 24 that it wasn't by the sword that they experienced victories, it was through his supernatural intervention. And in verse number 13, he says, I gave you land on which you had not labored and cities that you had not built and you dwell in them. You eat of the fruit of the vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I pray that today would be a day where each of you in this room would make a decision to follow after Jesus, that you would choose him. That you would choose today to please him. Joshua, not Joshua, John chapter 14, Jesus says that if you love me, you will obey me. And so I pray today that if you've not chosen to follow Jesus, that today would be the day where you would make that decision. I'm gonna ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Today, there are some of you who haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, to ask him to be your Lord and Savior. And you say, today, I want to see, I want to enter into a relationship with him. Maybe there are others of you who've turned your back on him and you've been walking in outright defiance and disobedience to him. And you say, today, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. In just a moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you say, today, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time. Or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, I want you to slip up your hands all across this room. One, two, three. Lift them up all across this room. One, two. You can put them down. Are there others this morning? Three. Are there others this morning? Let's stand all across this room. There were at least three hands that went up this morning of people who need to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time or who need to see their relationship restored back to him. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And if that's you, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, 
with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. If you prayed that prayer, we want to encourage you along in the decision that you made. We'd ask that you would text the word yes to 319-250-8998. It's going to appear on the screen here, the slide. Yes to 319-250-8998. The prayer team's already up here, and here's what I want to encourage you to do. The worship team's about to lead us in a song, and I'm just telling you that they have come with an expectation of faith this morning. I've talked with them, and today they're believing that God's going to set some of you free from the pain that you're experiencing. If you've come in today and you need a physical touch from God, I would encourage you when the worship team begins to lead out in this song that you would come forward and let this team pray for you. Today, if you're struggling emotionally or spiritually and you have pain or numbness in either one of those areas and you say, today I want to experience healing in my life in those areas, I'm going to encourage you to step out of your seat and come forward. Also, if you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer, I would encourage you to step out and find one of these people and let them encourage you. So there's plenty of time left in our service. We've intentionally left time today because I believe that God wants to do something supernatural in your life. And so I would encourage you, as they begin to sing, to step out from your seat this morning and let's believe God to deliver you from the pain and bring healing to your mind, soul, and bodies today. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.